Do you want to learn to live more mindfully, to connect with the special people in your life in a more heart-centered way? Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Heart School. This is Kim, mindful learning coach, educator, and parent here to spread the love and joy and tools for living mindfully. Welcome. Hey there, everyone. This is Kim with Heart School, and this is episode four. And in this episode, I'm just going to share my story. I just think it's so important for us to share our stories and the power of connecting through our experiences that really bring us together because there is no one on this planet that is free of hardship and struggle. Um, And of course, those struggles lead us into beautiful breakthroughs and putting us on our paths because oftentimes our struggle is aligned with our path. So I wanted to share today a little bit about how I came to be so passionate about working with children and supporting teachers that are guiding our children and parents as well. So I'm going to rewind quite a bit back to 1999. Um, and it even goes before that. I don't want to go too far back because I need to honor your time. And perhaps some of my childhood experiences are well equipped for a separate episode. But I took on an assignment working with a very unique child with special needs, and I had never worked in education before. Actually, the only experience I really had working with children was babysitting, being a big sister, doing a few little nannying jobs in college, but I never had really any passion before this time really working with children. So I decided to step away from my career in interior design and sales, and I just felt I had a deeper calling. So I took a position working with a little girl on the autism spectrum who had pretty significant needs, but I just got her. And even in my interview, after observing her for a little while and then interviewing with the school, I just felt this need to support this little girl. And I didn't know really anything about children on the spectrum. And really at that time, you know, Temple Grandin was just coming out with a lot of her work. It was still this area that was very gray in the education systems. I don't think we had a whole lot of things in place really even at that time, which isn't that long ago. But I just understood her and she and I connected and I really felt called to help this little sweet pea in school to become acclimated and feel good about herself and be successful. And there was one day, so I I was offered the job and I took the job, so (laughs) obviously. And there was a day that I was watching her on the playground and I'm standing there in the sand. It was a little sandy kind of area and she was off playing and I had this wave come through me and I don't even know how to explain it. It was a sound in my, a sound. I could hear words. I felt a wave of emotion 
And I knew, I I mean, I was told, I, I heard it very clearly. This is so important, Kim. This experience that you're having is so important. And I will never forget that. And I didn't think about it a whole lot. I just dove into my work. I loved every moment I had working with her. It was two consecutive years, kindergarten and first grade. I had the opportunity to attend a master's program and um, was I was working on my degree and my master's degree in education. And so it was this amazing experience of working with an incredible teacher in Oregon, Beaverton School Districts in Oregon, and uh, guiding this little girl on her journey and working with a lot of other children too in the process. But I remember that moment of standing on that playground and I knew that this experience was really going to be important to me. So... Fast forward, you know, I I wrapped up that assignment. I was in graduate school. I dove into my really thesis and um, hands-on learning, expeditionary learning style methods, Waldorf pedagogy, things that just really lit my heart up, things I knew that were good for kids. And I had all these incredible trainings on working with unique populations students with special needs from, you know, nonverbal children up to children that are labeled gifted and talented. And I myself was an expecting mother. And at about my six month checkup, things started really not looking very good for me. And I'm really going to not try not to get too emotional in this podcast. Um, But it is emotional because it's the most important Thing I've ever done is raised a child with special needs. Um, so I was told at my six month checkup that my baby's ventricles in his brain were very enlarged and that, you know, we were talking hydrocephalus, um, you know, the fear of giving birth because once that happened, I knew that we might have a very challenging road ahead of us. We were talking about shunts, you know, installing shunts at the base of his spinal cord, this um, his brain, and some of the damage that might be done while I was carrying him, which was very painful because I went through this whole process of feeling like it was my fault, something that I did. Um, so... I I think I went into this like super mama mode where I just forced myself to maintain positive, maintain a sense of calm. I really forced myself to rest, which was really hard to do because my blood pressure was really high. So I just wanted to like move and, you know, create and I had all this creative energy. So it was really hard for me to, you know, sit still <laughs> Um, and the day that my son Cameron was born was very difficult because, um, it just, things were not lining up and it was causing him a lot of harm. So I'm not going to go into the, you know, details of that because it's hard for me to do that, but it's, I don't really think it's telling to the story, but it was very, very difficult. And 36 hours later and an emergency C-section I had my baby in my arms. They did rush him off to NICU, but I had that moment, that moment of holding him and just loving him and connecting and knowing that this was my world and I was so prepared for this. 
because of answering the call of you just being prepared to working with challenging, you know, children that I knew needed very special care. And I don't say challenging in a negative way. It's just, you know, children, all children need, you know, extra love and support. And we all have challenges and we all have gifts. So I just felt so prepared and I didn't even care. Like I just was so in love with this baby. So he had, um, some head ultrasounds right away, right after, um, he was born. And as he got a little bit older, we had a head CT scan and then later some MRIs. And what, what those, all those results showed was that his body miraculously kind of maintain that hydrocephalus. So hydrocephalus is water on the brain and the ventricles in the brain become very enlarged and it can be extremely detrimental and there can be all kinds of very, um, you know, challenging results of having too much water on the brain from brain damage and um, levels of, you know, disabilities associated with the, the brain. So Cameron was able, his body just like, you know, hopped on board and everything stabilized. So some, some damage had been done there, but his body was able to really fix itself and he never needed a shunt. Um, and it was just such a miracle to see him navigate through this. Now we did have some challenges. There were some developmental delays and some really interesting behaviors that I didn't quite understand. But one of the things I always did as the parent was try to see what it was that his goal was and then find a healthy solution. So he went through this phase where he was obsessed with opening and closing doors, whether it was large front doors, lighting glass doors, garage doors. And of course for a toddler, you know, this isn't healthy. It's not, it's not safe. So I would find creative alternatives where he could open and close certain cupboards in the kitchen. I found this really cool um, learning toy at a toy store where it had all these little doors and locks and keys. And so he could still open and close the door um, doors, but it was just in a more controlled, safe setting. So these are just some things that I did to really kind of nurture this curiosity that he had, but make it a little bit more of a appropriate, safe environment. Um, so just some, you know, some little tips there. If you have a child that is drawn to specific things, you can take the, try to get behind, it's like being a, an investigator. You want to get behind the why, like the why of their what they're doing and create something that makes sense and that, you know, the great thing is that he could take it to doctor's appointments. He could take it on the, you know, on car trips, these toys that I found with little doors and locks and keys. We also had a little pet clinic that was like a little carrying case with little doors when you could have little stuffed animals in them. And it was great because it provided this need that he had to open and close things. Um, also with lights, you know, we brought little flashlights along where we went. So just really being creative as a parent and always trying to problem solve and meet your child where they're at. So once he entered school, which was really interesting because, you know, I was an educator at that time and I was traveling a lot and I was coaching teachers and I was in all different states and I was even coaching teachers abroad online and 
I was just a problem solver. And so that's where I stepped in when Cameron entered public schools and really came up with partnerships with his teachers to come up with solutions that really worked for him in the school environment. So um, by the time he was in second grade, he was off all behavior plans because I had created behavior plans for him that I knew that he'd be motivated, motivated by and that worked for him. And, you know, we implemented these. It was truly a homeschool connection where I would create things at home. He would take them to school. His teachers would implement them and then they would come back home and I would be able to kind of evaluate with him and review with him at the end of every day. So the work that I did front loading in his early years have have really paid off and not to say that we don't have challenges because we do he's actually homeschooled now when we started middle school he really made it clear that it, he it was not something that he could handle and I listened to his words and we figured it out and he's been homeschooled since um and we've done some really creative, beautiful things there too. And that's, of course, time for another show. But my point here is that you take your story and you share it with the world and you utilize it as, as tools for yourself because we all have things to learn from each other. So this story is about meeting my child where he's at, realizing that I don't have all the answers, being courageous enough to seek out the answers and do what is best for my child. And everything was mindfully done. And not to say that I didn't lose my patience or there were days I had no clue what the answer was, but there's this shift in a parenting and teaching paradigm where you don't necessarily see yourself as the expert all the time. You see yourself as the learner. And you see yourself actually more as a guide. So I think of myself as his guide in this life, that I am helping coach him along the way. I'm helping create the path for him. We're doing checks along the way. And it's, it's we're, we're learning and growing from each other. It's co-creative. It's not like a top-down model where, you know, his dad and I are the be-all, end-all. That's not how we operate. We operate from a sense of a level playing field where we're communicating and we are working together to problem solve and we take it a day at a time. We have some, you know, big goals, you know, and things we want to reach for, but on a day-to-day basis, we look at what we've accomplished. We celebrate those successes and we craft plans for the next day, the next week. So I'm just wanting to share my story because it's so dear to my heart. It really sets the tone for all the work that I have set out for my life in many ways, serving children, whether it is through the arts, whether it is through education, helping teachers and parents, the work of nurturing our children and making sure that they are loved and supported is so important because there are absolutely huge gaps in our society and we see it in the news every day. And I don't think there's more 
courageous work than helping serve our children. So I'll talk more about this topic here, I'm sure, as we unfold more episodes, but I just felt called to share. I would love to hear your story. What is your inspirational story? Please email it to me at coheartmarket at gmail.com. Or if you have a beautiful story that you would like to share on this podcast, I would love to hear it. And if you would like coaching on parenting, if you're whether you're a parent, an educator, please also reach out to me. Um, I am creating some really beautiful tools um, and certification programs. So I would love to hear from you and start building those partnerships. All my very best to you and all my love. This is Kim with Heart School.